0: There is only one way for you to rise up out of the ashes in any area you have in your life. And it's to combat a disease, a scourge, a mindset that's poisoned the minds of not hundreds or thousands, but millions, tens of millions, and I believe even billions. If you can overcome this, just like people in the 1300s, a handful of people survived, The Black Plague, the bubonic plague, when two out of four people died or three out of five people died, a handful of people survived. You and I are the product of those survivors. Now, when it comes to this plague that I want to talk about today, it's my last day. I'm here in London, headed back to Hollywood, and I've just been dealing with a few situations in business that brought this to my attention. Listen to me fix this. If there's one ounce of this in your brain, dig it out like a doctor would dig out cancer or a splinter or a bullet that's lodged in your under, you know, deep in your body. Because if you don't get rid of it, it's exactly like this metaphor of health. It will grow, it will become a poison that keeps you from getting everything you want, you know? I always talk about that story of Bob Marley. He had cancer on his toe. Doctor said, let's root it out right now. He said, no, 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 I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try that. He went to Europe and tried some spas and alternative medicine, and there's nothing wrong with alternative medicine when it works, but it didn't work for him, and by the time he made his way back to the doctors, he uh, was too late. He died, and he whispered on his deathbed to Ziggy Marley, he said, money, Can't buy life. I'm going to tell you what else can't buy life. That's true. Money can't buy you life. Not when you're on your deathbed. But if you can eliminate any form of helplessness. Now, those of you in the 67 steps know what I'm talking about. I'm going to expand a little bit for a second here on what you've heard in the 67 steps. If you're not in the 67 steps, this is not a sales pitch. Go into the 67 steps. I only keep products up. I only pitch things. Sometimes people think I'm pitching things. I'm not pitching things. I only put out things that work. I only keep things up that work. The things that I experiment with, different programs, different video series, premium products that don't work, I take them down. The reason, and those of you in 67 Steps know, is that I talk about one of the subjects of the 67 is learn helplessness. This is the disease. That literally, we think about all the things that are causing problems in the world. We think, okay, it's homelessness. You ever heard these things where like they give people three wishes on TV? If you could solve one thing for humanity, what would it be? People go, homelessness. People say starvation, poverty. People say domestic violence, racism, discrimination, uh, recession, corrupt governments, economic systems. All of those pale in comparison. I'm going to show you why. I'm going to prove it uh, as I give this little talk here. Learned helplessness means, and Martin Seligman, the famous positive psychologist at I think University of Penn uh, Penn State or I forget which university, but one of the top universities. He's pretty esteemed social scientist. He did research. He said he took dogs and he... It's not the greatest experiment. I'm not sure if it was him or his predecessor. Before, uh, there was as much conscientiousness about not doing animal experiments. They did these experiments on these dogs, and they put them in a box that the dogs couldn't escape from, and they shocked the dogs. And those dogs, eventually, at first they yelled and they jumped, but eventually the dogs just laid down. That's what the dogs, they laid down. Why? Because they were helpless and they learned to be helpless every time they were shocked. But that's not the interesting part of the experiment. Obviously it's not a very nice experiment. It's not being done anymore, but they took those dogs out and they put them in a box that didn't have a roof on it. A box that the dogs could easily jump out out of. And they shocked those dogs and those dogs had been trained to just lay down. Learned helplessness. For you and I, We lived, and our DNA, our mindset comes from a medieval age where, you know, if you contracted a disease, bubonic plague, there was no known cure. In fact, they didn't even have germ theory till a few centuries ago. That means for most of our uh, ancestors' experience, they didn't even know that washing your hands there was any transmission of disease, you know, through germs. It's mind-blowing to us now, but we've solved it. So back then, a thousand years ago, or... 500 years ago, life was like a box. You were caged in. If you were poor, you were a serf. You couldn't own land. There was no way to own land. The, the earl, the duke, the king owned the land. So financially, you were hampered. Sometimes it was religion that would hamper. It wouldn't allow, let's say, charging interest. There was boxes around your experience. When it came to health, your physical health, no one knew anything. We didn't know about germs. We definitely didn't know about protein. We didn't know about exercise. Even watch basketball or sports 30 years ago. They didn't even know about lifting weights. So if you were hurt, like my dad when he was born with scarlet fever, uh, or got sc- contracted when he was very young, doctors were like, you're going to die by the time you're 12. He was put in a box, just like those dogs were. When it comes to people uh, being unemployed, a thousand years ago, even less, and even now in some countries, If you're unemployed or you're born in the wrong family, you're going to – I read an interesting National Geographic book, uh, a coffee table book, and it told the story of the lowest of the low caste, uh, the most untouchable of the untouchables in India. And uh, they literally clean out the sewer system and the public sewers. They climb into it. No modern – it's – they're trapped. There's no rising above this. This is their place in life. But as we know, that's represented by the box that the shock dogs were in. But guess what? It's a new year. It's a new century. All of those boxes have been lifted off of us. But yet, the deadliest scourge that still lies deep in our brain, embedded there by our predecessors, by our ancestors, as social, scientists would say, you know, or as I say, the voices of a 10,000 generations telling us, the box still has a lid on it. The box has the lid on it. See, Stephen Hawking, as I talked about yesterday, if you were listening, he realized that he had a box and it's quadriplegic. It has ALS, demyelinating disease, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yet, he also says, let me balance it logically. We live in the best of times. There's a way to keep me alive. There's a way I can write a book with my eye, blinking my eye. There's a way I could still speak through a uh, special vocalizer. You and I, in the same way, whatever challenge it might be. We're not hampered by the environment. We're hampered by the box, the mirage that we feel over us. It's been transmitted through our DNA. So in a sense, it's not our fault. Okay? Because it's been transmitted. It's a scourge, a disease that we pick up from the voices of our ancestors in a time that no longer exists. If you feel learned helplessness, there is only one way out. You must be ruthless. You must scourge it for your, from yourself in the same way that you would scourge cancer from yourself. My friend unfortunately got cancer uh, not too long ago and he told me his experience down in San Diego. He said, "Ty, I went through chemotherapy, which is literally poisoning your body to remove an either, even greater uh, poison of the cancer." He said, "For six months, it felt like every morning I woke up not only drunk, the worst hangover you've ever had, but also, you know, even worse side effects. Right? A hangover that never goes away." He, but he dealt with it because he knew. Deal with it or die. And what I'm telling you, and I'm telling this in all seriousness, deal with the scourge, the disease, the cancer of learned helplessness in your brain. It is being propagated primarily, as far as I can see it, in the media. They are bombarding us with rallies and activism that we should do. You think rallies solve problems? Now, that's not to say you should never rally and uh, and protest. That's not my point. But I'm telling you, that's not what changes the world. I read an interesting book which talked about rebel forces, uh, internal rebellions during World War II. Like in Hungary, in Czech Republic, in France, you had freedom fr- fighters that would rise up and sabotage the German Nazi army for the forces of the Allies, I mean, on behalf of the Allies, right? And they would die for it, the the, the Nazis would find them and hang them or shoot them. And this book, and it's controversial, I'm just going to tell you, you might not agree, but the book says most of those deaths were completely wasted. It didn't really help. They said what ended World War II was industrial power, literally producing more tanks than the Nazis could and eventually even though the Nazis had a guy named Rommel one of the great tank strategists the Americans and the Brits and the allies just literally outgunned it so my point of telling you that story is rallies seem like we're doing good occupying Wall Street taking the streets putting you know on a picket line And again, I'm not saying you should never do those. I'm just saying, in the same way, I would never say that you shouldn't if you were invaded by Nazi forces. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't be a rebel. But you also should be logical and go, what brings the biggest bang for the buck? So in your life, if you think it's protesting anything, even though I talk a lot about the media, in a sense, I'm protesting it through this media right now talking to you. Uh, I don't think the media is going to fix it in time for me to fix my life. They might fix it in 100 years, and I'll be dead, and you'll be dead. So what I'm focused on, and very interesting, for those of you in the business mentorship program, I do the 67 Steps and also the business mentorship, today I did a talk about the book The Millionaire Next Door, the famous survey of millionaires, and what they said that's so interesting is that in the studies of the mind of a millionaire, the average high uh, wealth or high net worth individual worries about things within their control. And when they studied people who have a, a low net worth, not very wealthy at all, they tend to worry and talk and uh, become active or become an activist, I should say, lamenting things outside of their control. That's learned helplessness because eventually, once you, if you feel for too long that you can't fix your situation, you will eventually lay down in the box, you will begin to major in minors, you will begin to say, well, I know the problem in the world. I should be, you know, going in a rally. No, that doesn't solve it. You know what you should be doing? Reading a book on finance, reading a book on how to be healthier, reading a biography to gain courage, reading the lessons of history by Will Durant, reading a book uh, on improving social skills, learning a language, traveling the world, finding a mentor, saving a little more than you save now, learning to invest in real estate, learning about accounting, learning how to be sophisticated in your approach not only to life, but to love, to health, to happiness, not being a sucker. That's what you should be lamenting and focusing on. Don't worry about the government. Don't worry about capitalism. Don't worry about socialism. Those things, like Stephen Covey says in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, they're outside of the bounds of our control. Some of you may become an activist in one of those areas, but if you are, then stick to that one thing that you have the possibility to control. For the rest of the time, focus on what's in your control. I have a little rule. Before you can be an activist, go read a book about the cause. Read why it is like it is. Alan Nation used to tell me, to change anything, you have to understand why it is like it is. So if you're pro-capitalism, anti-socialism, first go read Karl Marx. Earn the right to be a protester. Earn the right at at the least. But even better, instead of talking about socialism, capitalism, you go out and be the best entrepreneur ever. And for those of you that hate capitalism and you hate wealth, I have something better. I have something within your power. Give all your money to the poor. You'll be the greatest socialist of all. You will change the world through your example. Don't all these people that make fun of people who have money. Don't be mad at Bill Gates until you give away all the money you have. Lead by example. That's within your control. It's not within your control if you think capitalism is bad to stop capitalism. It's rolling through the world, but it is within your possibility, uh, within your power to go to your bank account, ask for a cashier check, give your money to the poor. Uh, lots of people did it. Buddha gave away all his wealth. Jesus Christ said, uh, "The birds of the air have a uh, birds of the air have a nest and." The foxes have holes, but he said, I don't even have a place to lay my head. Mother Teresa gave up everything. You go do it. You can control you. If I hear one more person with their learned helplessness, I uh, I really am like, I sometimes uh, lose hope. But I don't completely lose hope because it's within my power to do one thing. Focus on me. And of course, share my thoughts with those people who are interested and allies. I consider you an ally. You're taking the time listening to this. Become an ally. Start a revolution. But you start the revolution in your own brain, as Confucius said. He said this. He laid out this form of the thousands thousand years ago. You want to change the world. You want to change the government. Then change the king. But if you want to change the king, then change the king's parents. If you want to change the king's parents, you have to change the king's parent's heart. If you want to change the king parent's heart, you have to change the king's parent's mind, and to change the king's parent mind, you must instill curiosity because curiosity is within your control. Don't just jump on the bandwagon and have moral satiation as I talked about in an earlier video. You be as that cliché goes, be the change you want to see in the world, but even more important than that because that's not completely realistic of a saying, you Do what's in your power today. Earn the right to change the world. No learned helplessness. You no longer live in a box. All right? So question, what's the biggest area of learned helplessness in your life? And what's one thing you can do to eradicate it today? Something simple. All right, talk to you soon.